You are now listening to the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Somebody say oh my and give them dog six. Welcome in to another episode of the Sons of Swanee, getting in the short rows of the school year, TJ. You excited? We are getting down to the nitty gritty, as you could say. You know, someone asked me that earlier today, and it was a school teacher who was a nine-month employee, and they're like, hey, we're getting down to it. You you excited? And I'm like, no. I still work 40 hours a week after that. Oh, man. Love love that y'all have the summers off, but I love having, you know, paychecks every two weeks, too, as well. So no complaints on this 12-month employee end either. But it's, it's, it's kind of funny whenever people ask me, like, hey, you ready for the summer? It's like, well, I'm ready for those Fridays off. That's right. Whenever we do 10-hour uh, days. It but, is nice. Uh, that's my summer every Friday. Yeah, I hear you. Well, hey, I'm going to tell you, I need some kids to act normal for about 15 more days, baby, and then we'll ease into this thing. Oh, why, and I'm you ask, why are you asking too much? Yeah, I know. I wish I could knock on some wood after saying that, but whatever. <laughs> but, hey. Hey, this week's episode of the Sons of Swanee, very special sponsor this week. Done a lot for me and Mr. Vic over here in the last couple months. That's Mr. Kevin Mercer. You can find Kevin at River Oak Technical College during the day and then, well, and in the evenings. And yeah. then on the weekends, my man is doing a lot of tree work and yeah. hooked us up over spring break and here lately. So, Kevin Mercer, your man for all your tree trimming and needs. welding needs. And welding, yeah. Yeah. yes. Yeah, uh, in, in this crazy time right now, I have bought property and my wife and I are trying to build a house. Uh, leave your personal comments mm-hmm. outside with that being said. But, yeah, Kevin did a lot for us to, to trim some trees up. Well, you should have told him out. to trim the trees and then just build mill, the house. Them, yeah. mill them yeah. so yeah. save you a little money. That's a good point because he, he burnt a lot of trees. <laughs> yeah, so we, we, we could have carved them bad boys up. Mm-hmm. We could have had a head start mm. on everything. But we're still waiting on the bank to clear out everything anyway. So it, mm-hmm. if we would have sat on that, man, we, we could have just retired. That's, there's no doubt, man. If you could have just gotten a sawmill out there at your house, you could have paid for your own home. It would have been amazing. Well, we're just uh, – we should have had this conversation anyways. earlier. Yeah, anyways. Well, anyways, hey, appreciate you, Kevin, and give Kevin a call for anything you need on that end. So, TJ, you know, draft last week for the Jags, I was pleased, you know, and I know we'll get into that more. Uh, not as good a weekend for the Seminoles in the draft, which we'll get into more. Mm-hmm. But how about the big story before the draft of a man, Adam Schefter, just dropping the uh, Aaron Rodgers hates Green Bay bomb right there at draft time. Trying yeah. to steal our thunder. Yeah, it's finally all about the Jaguars. And then Rodgers, old, old State Farm discount double check, decides to pull a fast one on us and the whole NFL, actually, and say, no, it's still about me. I'm beginning to think Rodgers is a little douchey. I think he's got a little he, douchebag in him. He, he gets very sensitive, uh, but, but I can understand why. Mm. I mean, they haven't done much to help him out. Boy, boy, you're in the NFC Championship game. I mean, like. Because of him, not because of the people they put around him. Oh, them. give me a. I mean, <laughs> What? Okay, let's watch the NFC Championship game over again. Tom Brady. Devontae Adams. Okay, he's a good receiver. Yeah. Outside of that, I mean, what you got? The Aaron Jones, and the, and they drafted another running back last year. I mean, what's this guy want? 
the running back they drafted up being the third string running back well, this year. Well, they four. drafted him and in the first round. They don't draft anybody. To well, help now out. that was stupid. The, yeah. the Jordan Love pick. I'm with yeah. you, but still, oh my gosh, it's just like, man, what do you? And they draft a cornerback in the first round for this year too. Does them no good when Elijah Moore and other receivers like that are sitting there at the end of the first round that they could have picked. But I think my man's engaged to a little Hollywood starlet, and he's getting a little Holly. He's got too much Hollywood in him. I just think he's sick and tired of outperforming Tom Brady, and then having Brady win the game and go on yeah, and get all the glory. I mean, you know, Brady, Tom Brady played like Dookie during that NFC Championship game. Uh, played real, real bad and got bailed out by the mm. umps at the end, or umps. So the umps. Refs. You sound like my, You sound like my kids on my rookie ball team asking how many points we have, and I keep runs, <laughs> runs, and then they say, oh. <laughs> We want, or we, you know, it's five to seven. And I'm like, no, it's seven to five. You always say the larger number first. That's a pet peeve. It's like when people say it's well, 24 to 30. Well, if you keep making them lose, Hunter, they're going to have to say their amount first. Yeah, it's my fault. You got on to you me earlier what? this year. You know whenever what? It's I said my bad. Did I? Did we already yeah. have this discussion? Because I said something about a Florida score, and I put their runs before the team that beat us. No, and, it's and like you were, that's, you were quite yeah, upset. It is. It's my fault. You know, and I probably need to tell them that when they say next time they – boot a ground ball and say, my bad, coach, and I'll say, no, it's my bad for having you out there. See? That's who's fault See, you is. should have been a Gator fan this whole time. That's a Sprayer quote. Is it? Yeah. I'm taking, it, on, out. I'm taking, it, out of the, taking it out of the lexicon. You love now. us. I hate that you guy. You can't stand us, but them all. you love us. Hate them all. Yeah, and going back to the draft, of course, the Jaguars did what everyone expected them to do. They brought in Tim Tebow for a workout <laughs> to play tight end. <laughs> I mean, what are we doing here? Ah, that's awesome. Did you see the tweet? Like somebody put out there, it was like a guy just, I don't know, zigzagging, and it was like Tim Tebow running routes outside Trevor Lawrence's house. Look <laughs> <laughs> how fast I am, Trevor. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, we are the sons of Swanee Sportscast, yeah, TJ. So, like, what do we have in uh, Swanee news this week? We have Montasia Jones committing to Williston State yeah, College that'd for go volleyball. Mo- yeah. you know where, do you look up where Williston State is? That's not the city outside of Gainesville. No, it is not. It is in North Dakota. Wow. Yeah, it's going to be a little trick for old Mo. Yeah, might have, be to, awesome. might have to buy some shirts with sleeves and a couple more jackets. Very much so. But I was talking to Kevin Lewis, who coached Mo in track and basketball, and he was telling me, you know, how this is a really great scholarship offer she got. And they also, the, co- the basketball coach up there had kind of indicated that he wanted her too. So she could be looking at playing two sports up there, which would be really cool. Hey, why not? And we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit more about track and field after this and yep. bring up her name again. There you so go. So maybe she could be a, a three-sport star. Never know. Never know. So getting into the track and field, they had regionals at UNF. Or actually, I'm sorry, not at UNF. They had regionals most recently. State is at UNF right. this upcoming Saturday. Regionals are in Panama City. Yep. So from Panama to Jacksonville, and we do have a couple more boys going to state and one girl going to state as well. Both Garrison Beach and Will Wainwright are going to state. Both of them are going for the javelin, and Garrison Beach also is for the 300-meter hurdles. Yeah, Garrison had a really good uh, really good meet, and he, he qualified in three events. Am I right? Two events or three events? I see two events from what two I events? have. I could be wrong, though. Okay, I, I thought events. it was three. I thought it was maybe both hurdles and the javelin. Um, but in any event, whether yeah, it's two or whether it's three, yeah, yeah, definitely does then, both um, man, a really good meet for him, and that's impressive. And he's only a junior, so he'll be coming back next year. And um, I think he has a chance, you know, to go out there and, and maybe get on a medal stand. And so that would be really awesome. And then Wainwright's only a freshman. And so, you know, looking for big things out of him. And, yeah, 
really good really good day for them yeah garrison beach plays second at regionals for javelin so both him and will are going for javelin and like i said garrison also going for 300 meter hurdles yeah he's going so it is it's javelin 110 high hurdles and 300 meter okay. hurdles so nice. he's, so he's three in events. both hurdle three events. events yep nice so we will get those results for you as well and on the girls side montasia jones we just talked about her she is also a state qualifier in high jump she actually was uh third Tied for first and second, but she just had a couple more scratches than the first and right. second place finishers. So technically, how that all ends up working out is she placed third at regionals, but nonetheless, she is also a state qualifier. And talking to Kevin again, Coach Lewis, he thinks she's got a little more in the tank. Um, you know, he, I don't think she hit where she necessarily wanted to at regionals, so she really has a shot um, in the high jump next week. And so, or is it this weekend? Yep, this so, um, weekend. Yeah, so that'll that'll be interesting to see, and um, good for her and. You know, we've talked a lot about Mo. I know we'll, we get in later talking about Jacquez Moore, which we do seems like every week. But we've talked probably after Jacquez, we've probably talked about yeah, Mo as much as anybody Absolutely. this year because she is a three-sport athlete and a really good athlete. And so good for her in her senior year to have a chance to go out there this weekend and show what she can do. And like we talked about before with individual sports, you kind of – the best is brought out in you when you're around better competition. Mm -hmm. So like you said, Mo kind of might have a little bit more left in the tank. Well, assuming that this is the highest level of competition she'll be going up against in state, that's going to bring out the best in you as well. Yep. So you, you get third place at regionals, technically it's high for first and second mm -hmm. as well, like we just detailed. But hey, go to state, maybe not have as many scratches and see where you're at. Maybe get on the, the medal the stand. The medal stand, see what happens. Absolutely. A couple other standouts we want to mention from the regionals is the boys 4x800 team. They set a personal best with a time of 8 minutes and 41 seconds, only 7 seconds shy of qualifying for state in a very tough region. Those boys were Chasen Blocker, Morgan Mobley, Brandon Pratt, and Jesse Cushman. Yeah, and so a couple of them, um, I'm not sure what your Cushman is, but Mobley and Blocker are only freshmen. And so you'll have them coming back. And, yeah, like you said, it's a really tough region for that. Um, I think Bowles is in our region. And so when you're talking about the uh, distance events, mm -hmm. yeah, Bowles is usually going to be yeah. uh, going to be okay there. You, you talk about any event more times than not, Bowles is going to be Did you know Bowles there. has had a swimmer in every Olympics since, like, the 60s? Yeah. No, not necessarily. Well, not, not, not not necessarily. I'm not surprised by that. I did not know that exact fact, not, but not I'm necessarily not at all surprised by that. Swimming for America, but just of course because you know they most get of them international. Are, yeah, yeah. But they've had a swimmer in every Olympics. That's yeah, ridiculous. it's something that we've talked about before. But I remember my senior year, I was going into the regional final, and it was me and a guy from Bowles that were the favorites going into that. And I mean, the guy was just—he looked like six three, six four. It looked like he didn't have arms; he just had wings that were capable of, of doing incredible things in the water. And I, I think he was from somewhere else. I'm not sure exactly where he was from internationally, but I'm pretty sure he just swam butterfly mm -hmm. all the way to Jacksonville. <laughs> he just out, came across got the Got out long enough to put on the orange and blue colors of bowls and then just smoked <laughs> just me got in the pool. into 100 meters. So, yeah, that's uh, – Every time I hear bowls, like I cringe a little. My, yeah. My, you know, I, I get an eye twitch, uh -huh. especially when it comes to swimming. And also, just one more thing about Jesse Cushman. He set a personal record in the one-mile event with a time of five minutes and one second. As Hunter mentioned, state is this upcoming Saturday in Jacksonville at UNF. That's right. So we yeah. will get updates from Coach Yerrick and mm -hmm. see what our girls and boys do at state. So best of luck to Montasia, Garrison Beach, and Will Wainwright. Yep, absolutely. See what they can do this weekend. And that's about it for Swanee Sports. Yeah, I mean, we've you know we're wrapping it up. We're getting in. You know, we do have uh, spring football still going on, yep. and I believe our spring game is the twentieth or twenty-first okay. over at Oakleaf. 
And so, um, yeah, man, you know, we're just, like I said, getting down here in the short rows. And so as we head into spring, what I didn't realize uh, is that we're going to have a quarterback competition this offseason because okay. we've gotten a – Swanee's gotten a transfer from Columbia, Bronson Tillotson. I believe he's an upcoming junior. Um, along Braxton Townsend, he's coming back. He's an upcoming junior. And then you have Cody Lang, who's going to be a sophomore. And so those three will be battling out for the starting quarterback job. Had a chance to go out and watch a little bit of practice. Not very much, but a little bit of practice. And all three of them look good. You look good in uniform, and that's half the battle, TJ, as yes. you know. It's not about you look good, you look play good. good. feel good, play look good. good, you play good. And so, um, yeah, man, but I like our size. We've got some, we've got some dudes. You know, there was a few years ago when we were really good back then, but – like in the 2013 and 14, those years, I was like, God, if we get in a brawl, we're going to get murdered because we're just a lot smaller than everybody. <laughs> now, we kicked their tail. Eastside got off the bus looking like the Miami Hurricanes, and they were awful. But, man, if we'd have brawled, it would have been bad for the dogs. Is that just from, like, your years of being the AD that you're just always thinking, like, if there is a brawl? I think so. I'm, like, uh, conditioned after that first year in 2010 Yeah. with yeah. That, that soccer Incident. The soccer hooligans. <laughs> yeah. It's not like it's not like you're doing a podcast. With I mean, we're gonna get, we're, we're gonna get in a brawl and make national news, and it's gonna be for friggin' soccer. That's you gotta right. be kidding me. The world sport, baby. Oh my god. <laughs> the world sport. The beautiful game. The beautiful game. This week's Sons of Swanee interview is with Swanee High School multiple sports superstar Jacquez Moore. Let's go ahead and get into that interview. We call ourselves Sons of Swanee, but really we are just a Jacquez Moore podcast. We are just here to promote the brand. Yes. That being said, we have the one and only Jacquez Moore joining us on the Sons of Swanee Sportscast. Thank you for joining us, Jacquez. Uh, thank you for having me. If you could just summarize your year, just briefly, what, what, how would you describe it? Going from, from football to your first year on varsity basketball to winning state for weightlifting. What, what is all that like? Um, it's just been a blessed year all around. I mean... You know, I've been surrounded by wonderful people, you know, that they just want to see the best in me. They want to see me achieve, you know, like be the best, like reach my potential. And, um, you know, it was just all around just a fun year, just a great year. Um, you know, and it was there was no better feeling than to just cap it off with a state title in weightlifting. So, Quiz, like when you come into your year, your senior year or any year, you know, I'm sure you have personal goals and things like that. Did this year exceed kind of what you thought it could be? I mean, when you talk, look at the year you had, you know, you know, I mean, you're throwing for 16 touchdowns and 1,200 yards. You're rushing for 1,200 yards and 19, 20 touchdowns. I mean, so – and then you cap that off, like you said, with a state weightlifting title. So, I mean, I'm, I think there's goals and then there's just like above and beyond. Would, would you characterize – did you expect this or was this a little bit more than you um, even expected? If, if I'm being honest, this was not expected. Uh, just going into the year, you know, with COVID and everything, we didn't know if we were going to have a season or uh, a complete season. So, you know, one of my goals was just I hope we have a season. And then when it was pretty clear that we were going to have a season, I just set like after every, every every week I'd set like little mini game marks. So let's, let's go for three touchdowns this week or two. It was never really like – setting a big goal to like achieve or accomplish. It was just I wanted to better myself every week, you know. And um, I feel like I did. I got better each and every week, you know, including basketball and weightlifting. It was just it's something about like something in me that just makes me want to like get better, you know. Because I feel like when I'm chasing a goal, I don't necessarily meet my potential. But when I set little goals like two touchdowns this week or uh, let me get three rebounds this game or let me hit three lifts at this meet, it's just – I feel like I'm actually accomplishing and getting better every day, you know, when I go in to put in work. So, you know, it was just one of those things. I, I really couldn't – I couldn't set a, a big goal because I just 
when I set big goals for myself, I tend to get discouraged when they don't go the way they're supposed to and get down. So for me, I just set little small goals and just after I achieve them, I set more and I set more and I set more and it just goes on from there. I got you. And so as you got into the football season this year, you know, you had some offers coming into the year, which we know about. Talk to us, how did everything happen kind of with Duke? How did that play out? And did you see as your season went along and you were having the year that you were having football-wise, did you start seeing more and more offers roll in and kind of what ended up separating Duke from everyone else? Well, Duke, Duke. Uh, first the coaches followed me in class when I, uh, I was in English class, uh, fifth period, and um, the bell hit ring and I look out my phone and I see Duke football. Duke, so you should have been you should have been an ISS because you were on your phone in class. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, uh, but um, yeah. So when I seen it, I was surprised. I said Duke. I said Duke is ACC. Like this, this is big time. And then um, I get to uh, gym six period and I um. I whip out my phone and I, uh, uh, he asked if he could call me. So I answered the call and he's just saying how we love your film and um, you know we really want you to be here. And uh, this weekend, are you available for a phone call with Coach Cut? And at the time, this is going to sound crazy, but at the time, I didn't know who Coach Cutcliffe was. <laughs> and when I said that, Coach Braun looked at me like I was crazy. Yeah. And then, uh, but he called me over the weekend and he was saying how you know we really love you and we really want to offer you. And um, when I found out who Coach Cut was, I was like, wow, this is – that's what kind of separated it um, from a lot of the other schools I was really receiving interest from. It was, you know, Coach Cut has a list of Hall of Famers that he's coached. And yeah. it's just like, you know, I could be one of those Hall of Famers in uh, the future. So that's what really separated it. But um, after, after the Duke offer, uh, I seen some interest from um, Wake Forest and Florida State, but they never really pulled the trigger. So – and uh, and also at the time I was committed to Georgia Southern, but you know it was it came down to Duke and Georgia Southern, and you know nothing against Georgia Southern, but ACC over sure. you sure. know it's just big time football against big time players because I feel like I'm a big time player, you know, and I finally got the stage to show you know what I actually can do and what I'm capable of. So well, Jacquez, you kind of led me right into my next question. You said you're a big time player. We've seen you make plays, uh, of course, in the backfield, whether it be quarterback, running back. We've seen you out wide doing some stuff. We've seen you return some interceptions for what looked like a touchdown. Oh my gosh! Yeah. You got in that play, right? I mean, come on, yeah. you got in. Yeah. I got in. I, yeah, I the, hit the pylon and everything. Yeah, the zebra ball. was too slow to keep up with oh, you. That was, was, it? Three oh, that was the problem. But with, with that being said, uh, has Duke really told you what they hoped? To get out of you at the next level, are you going to be on the offense, defense? You know, what what are they expecting from you? Um, so I signed as a running back, um, and they just they they need they uh, they're losing Deion Jackson. He entered the draft this year, uh, signed as an undrafted free agent with the uh, Indianapolis Colts, and you know they're kind of looking for a guy to come in and do what he did. You know, they got Mateo Durant, and you know and he's the full package, but you know, and they have uh, Jalen Waters, and you know, great guys, great athletes, you know, but. They told me they just need a guy that you know that can almost do anything and everything out the backfield, you know, whether it's stretch out wide, run a route, or you know, running between the tackles, you know. And I just, me as a player, I feel like I have the vision, the uh, footwork, you know, just whatever it takes to get the job done, you know. I got you. And so whenever uh, me and TJ are both Jaguar fans, and a few years ago the Jaguars drafted a guy named Denard Robinson, and they asked him that same question, and he said, "Well, I'm an OW, offensive weapon." Is that kind of how you feel? Like you just you, oh, you Swiss Army knife, do a little bit of everything. Yes, sir. I feel like you can place me tight end, offensive tackle, offensive guard. <laughs> That's right. You're gonna get the best out of me. You can believe that. Jock West could be a long snapper if he needs to. If I needed to, whatever it takes to get the W, you can put me there. So moving into weightlifting, Quez, you know you 
you have you've done that all four years. You, you didn't get to do it last year because of COVID. So you had gone to state, I believe, as a sophomore. Is that correct? Yes, sir. And you didn't quite have the meet you wanted to have. And so this year, going in, did you feel pretty good about where you stood um, uh, compared to everyone else after regionals and looking at the weights and everything? Oh, definitely, definitely. Going into state, you know, me, Coach Marcy, and Coach Sear, we all knew that, you know, it, it was gonna take it was gonna take some heavy weight to win it, but. You know, as long as I went in and hit the numbers I was supposed to hit, it was, you know, we were going to be fine. And actually, I ended up exceeding what I was supposed to do on bench. You know, I was only supposed to get like 285, and, you know, that would have made it a little more difficult. But going in and hitting 295 on bench really, like, set a lot of the other uh, lifters over the edge, you know, <laughs> made them feel a little uneasy and, you know, just gave me an edge, you know. I will say this, not trying to sound like a bragger or nothing, but after I hit 295 on bench, I kind of went around saying the meet was over because clean and jerk is my thing. And why do you think, so that's what I wanted to really ask you is this, is you were getting to that, yeah. yeah. I knew you were setting them up with that. Is yeah. you, you know, your bench is, like you said, 30 pounds behind the highest guy at that meet. Like, so what you lifted 295, so he was obviously at, what, 325, 330, whatever. Mm -hmm. And so what separates your clean so much from everybody? Because you clean above and beyond anybody in the state at that weight class. So, like, what do you think separates you there? Um, I got asked this question a lot at the state meet, and we just we clean every day. I mean, there's not a day without the week that we don't. I mean, whether it's a hip clean, a hang clean, a full clean, a, a clean pull, it's something that has to do with cleans. And I really think that just made the difference, you know. Four years of doing clean, clean and jerks. You know, it kind of yeah, either you get good at it or you just you get bad at it. And I just <laughs> yeah. I feel like I was on the you didn't have good a choice. Yeah, I didn't have a choice. It was either you're gonna be good or you're gonna be bad. You know, but you know, I just technique. That's what technique. Mm -hmm. Great technique leads to, you know, how they say in football, great technique leads to good, uh, good offense. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Same thing. Yes, sir. Well, so the last question I have for you, Quiz, and I don't know how many more TJ has, but. Um, if you could, like, going back, looking back now, if you could tell ninth grade Jacquez or middle school Jacquez or these athletes now, like, one thing or a couple things going forward, if you want to be the best you can absolutely be, what would you tell them? Don't never give up. Do not stop fighting. You know, it's going to be it's going to be times in your career where you feel like, you know, you're not good enough or, you you know, you're not. You know, you're not really reaching your full potential, but it's always a new day. It's always another day. It's always another day or another opportunity to get better. You know, don't don't be that one friend that wants to sit around and play video games all day when, you know, it's somebody else across the country that's outside doing sprints or he's outside running routes or he's outside, you know, just working in the sand, in the sun, you know. You know, you just got to keep pushing. Shoot for the stars, but aim for the moon. Pop smoke. <laughs> See? I mean, he's a philanthropist. That's you know? right. He's, That's he's, right. A little, he's a little bit of everything. Quest, I just want to go back to football and just watching you play on the sidelines this whole year was just absolutely incredible. Just, to, I mean, you know, we've seen you do it your entire year or your entire career, I guess, and to be just a quarterback this year when you've been kind of splitting reps up until your senior year, that was incredible. One game I just really has always stuck out to me was that Buholz performance. Unfortunately, they ended up with a little bit more points than y'all did on the scoreboard, but yes, there wasn't anything else you could have potentially done to win that game. So this podcast, Hunter was a little bit more of an athlete than I was, but we like to live through the better athletes <laughs> like you all. So we like to ask them, what is it like to be in that moment? So take me back to that Buholz game. I mean, they, they weren't touching you for nothing. They weren't bringing you down. So what is it like when you're just, you're such in a zone? And I mean, did in the moment, did you realize just how much of a performance you were putting up or what was that like? 
like, okay, so when you're when I was out there running and I kept breaking loose, you ever seen a uh, cheetah running like in the wild, just running free? That's what it feels like, you know. It just feels like nobody can touch you. Like when I I kept breaking loose and it was like in my mind, I'm like, there's no way I'm breaking loose this easy. And it was just, I was just, I was running. Like Forrest Gump, I was running. <laughs> I mean, at, honestly, that's all I heard on the sideline and in the stands was run, run, run. And so I just kept running. And, you know, it felt like during the game, I did not know. Like going into halftime, I knew I had like a lot of yards. But I was like, man, the job's not finished. We're still mm -hmm. down. That right. None of that matters at this point, you know. It's, the goal is to always come out with the W, you know. But um, it was just... It was an amazing experience just to, you know, go back on huddle and rewatch the game and just see what I did. And, you know, it really wasn't just me. Without my offensive line, there is no 350 yards rushing. And without my receivers, there is no, you know, 150-some yards passing and six total touchdowns, you know. So as much, you know, as much as people want to give me the credit for the game, there's no way I can take it because that was a team effort, you know. Every, it was all the little things, the, the steps and the, uh, the blocks and the routes that were ran to all lead to that, you know. It just feels good. See, that's why you're at Duke. That great mindset right there. That's right. That's God-given right. athletic ability, but the, the humbleness and uh, the, the willing to spread the joy and praise. So we really appreciate you being on here, Jacquez. Like I said, we, we call ourselves Sons of Swanee, but we're really just a Jacquez Moore podcast. <laughs> and to, to have you here at the end of it all, man, I feel like this is what it's all been about, to sit down that's and right. have an interview with you. So best of luck at Duke. Uh, just tell the people, you were talking to us just before we started recording, just let them know you're getting up there and kind of what, what's going on with Duke. Oh, yeah. So I leave um, June 3rd, and I report on I report to campus June 4th at 9 a.m. And um, I really have no summer. <laughs> That's right. You're not going to for a few years, bud. Yeah. Um, you know, it'll, it'll all be worth it in the long run when I'm sitting uh, wherever the draft is, Indianapolis, Miami, wherever it is, sitting That's right. waiting for my name to be called. So. Well, and so, you know, TJ said we can't compensate you or whatever but you know we have to check the laws in North Carolina because as of July 1st you know college players can be, yeah. can be paid for their name in his life so we get quiz yeah. to be like our spokesperson and we that's might right. slide some, that's you right. know, something that way yeah yeah hey I'm here for it that's right that's I don't right. see why he's got any objections to it either no no well quiz like TJ said man we are very proud of you and proud you're a bulldog and wish you the best of luck going forward bud and Go get them, get after it, keep doing what you're doing. Yes, sir. Thank, thank you for having me. Yeah, thank yes, you very much, Wes. Switching over to our college teams. We haven't talked really much lately about our mm -hmm. softballs, but Florida mm -hmm. State and Florida softballs have been very, very good this mm -hmm. year. Like most times or not, they are good. Florida went up to Missouri and took two of three comeback victories in game one and in game three. Missouri, actually, I found a pretty interesting stat. Missouri was 25-0 and 0 this year when leading after six innings, and both of the games that Florida won were very late comebacks. Mm. Actually, Florida was being no hit in game three until there was a single in the sixth inning by Kendall Lineman, and then we were down 2-0, to zero, and Hannah Adams, our second baseman, who I think, of course, I'm biased, but that is one of the clutchest players I think you can ask for for softball, came up with a three-run home run, and that way you come out with a 3-2 victory and continue to – we haven't lost the SEC series this year, and we have one more series coming up this this weekend. If we sweep, we will tie Arkansas for the SEC um, 
conference percentage, I guess, and that way, you know, they don't really do East and West or anything like that, but nonetheless, you could be really? co-SEC champions nice. with Arkansas because that's Arkansas, the best huh? I would have yeah. guessed Alabama. No Alabama? Yeah, we took two or three from Alabama, so they're one game behind us. We're 16-5 and five overall in the conference. They're 15-6, and six, so that two or three really makes a difference as far as that's concerned. I'm not sure how this worked out. I guess it's just the way the schedule is, but Arkansas is already at 19-5, and five, so their SEC play is done. Mm. So Florida has one more weekend series coming up, and if they sweep it, of course, they will also have a 19-5 and five record, and they will tie Arkansas at the top of the conference. Nice. Very good. How are your, how are your Seminoles doing? They're still doing pretty good, right? Softball? Softball. Yeah, yeah, they're really yeah. good. They're really yeah. good. Baseball's 30, been a little 30, bit more of a roller coaster. 36-8, yeah. Nice. They're really good. They're like 20 um, – well, here. Hold on. They are – 24-4-1 and four and one in the conference. 24-4-1 and one in the conference. So, yeah, I would nice. think that's got to be near the top, which the ACC is not always known as a – well, I guess it's like most things. Not known as the uh, – <laughs> outside of basketball, not yeah, known as the outside best. outside of basketball, yeah. But, um, but yeah, 24-4-1, and one, so they're doing really good. So, what You said 24-4-1? and one? Yes. What, so what, is the, what is the one? How did that happen? I would guess it's probably a curfew issue. You know, yeah. a lot of times on like a Sunday, teams got to travel got, back yeah. home. And so – Okay. Yeah, okay. uh, they tied Louisville, nothing, nothing in eleven innings. So yeah, yeah that was, was on a Sunday, a, yeah, and it was a doubleheader that Sunday. Yeah, so. so they probably had to reduce it anyways. Yeah. So anyways, but yeah, baseball up and down a little bit more. I think they're twenty three or twenty four and seventeen now, sixteen, seventeen. But uh, man, I don't know. It's just a weird team to figure out. I really like the pitching. The pitching's good. The pitching's going to keep you around. We're just mm-hmm. very limited offensively outside of three guys, and so you just never know what you're going to get. And so could you get hot at the right time like they did? Two years ago, absolutely, because, you know, you went up to Georgia as a two seed, and Georgia was like the number six national yeah. seed, and yep. you beat their tail. And, I mean, it wasn't even close. No, not and then at you went to LSU. <laughs> then you went to LSU and won there. And so, I mean, could it happen? Absolutely. It's just you – man, I don't know. I mean, everybody can pitch. And so, Florida State can pitch with the best of them. Parker Messick on a Friday is as good as anyone. Um, Hubbard's been good in the Saturday role. Sunday's been a little more hit or miss. With Connor Grady, but you've got the arms. It's just a matter of can you hit. And I would say the same thing for Florida. And I know they had a big series win this weekend, and it got a little chippy. I liked it. Yeah, it was a little, little, little. Finally showing some emotion. I like yeah. it. I like a little chippiness. By the way, did you see your boy Brady Singer um, go off on Angel Hernandez? Uh uh-uh. uh So you but know who hasn't gone off on Angel well, Hernandez? Well, that's I mean, no. He doubt. deserves it. I have no Man, idea what somebody, you're about to say, but Angel Hernandez deserves it. Somebody said on the somebody was I was listening to some a podcast the other day, and I don't remember who it was, so I can't give them credit. But it, um, it wasn't my original thought. But they said uh, they were talking about the NFL and the salary cap, and it was the Aaron Rodgers situation. Mm-hmm. And they said something like, you know, this has to be the least powerful union in sports is the NFL players union. Obviously, the most powerful union in sports, the MLB umpires, because Angel Hernandez and Joe West are still employed. Unbelievable. He is awful. And he seems to be such a jerk about it. He's like a jerk. They are are just so dug in that they can't see the light of day. I mean, the dude is literally suing MLB and they still run him out there. I don't, I mean, I'd have gave that guy his walk-in papers years ago. But I think Joe West has like his own line of umpire gear. I could be wrong about yeah, that. Yeah, the West Vest. Yeah, the West Vest, yeah. Yeah, he does. But, he, I mean, God, he's such a – he's a – I don't understand umpires who get power hungry because I've done it, man. And coaches are fine as long as you, like, just communicate with them. 
It's the guys who like don't want to talk and like don't want to explain themselves who get in trouble. Mm-hmm. In five years of umpiring, I had to eject one guy, and it was in a t-ball tournament for God's sake. Oh boy! Which why are we having t-ball all stars to begin with? Whole another conversation. That'll be hard but to judge. That's what it was in. Was in t-ball. The one, but I mean, like most of the time, if you just communicate with the guys and say, "Hey, here's what I got," or let them know when you messed mm-hmm. up. Like I mean, yeah, you mess up as an umpire and just, "Hey, man, listen." You tell them after. You don't have to announce it from the field. Like, "Hey, I screwed that one up." You I think go that's up to what him, the you go up to him after the, the inning wants. and just say, "Hey, man, listen. Hey, that was me. That's my bad." And they're like, "Hey, appreciate it." I mean, and, I, I, and I've had this theory before. I think high school down, you you don't want to hold the kids accountable, so it has to be somebody else's fault. So mm-hmm. I think that's where the the criticism is so well, strongly and levied. And that's also a lot of people not being aware of the rules of that, baseball, that, too, yeah, and yeah. having no sense or of any sport, the game, any sport. Yeah, they that. just don't have any feel, yeah. and so. Yeah, that's that's a big problem. Yeah, there was one time a couple years ago I was umpiring for – God, I'm doing it again. I'm refereeing for soccer. There you go. And so, kid, I think it's a 10-under age group. Oh, whatever. the red? Yeah, the red. Oh, the officials the are terrible. They are terrible. Well, I'm not a part of that anymore. <laughs> but you'll appreciate this. So, the kid walks – the goalie grabs the ball, oh. watches, walks to the edge of the box, goes to punt it down the field. Yeah. This kid on the other team out of nowhere just comes and holds his arms up and, like, putt blocks it, uh-huh. like what you would do, like, on a football field. Punt blocks it, crowd goes wild, kicks it into the back of an open net. Everyone's really happy. I'm just blowing my whistle. I'm like, nope, 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 can't do that. And for some reason, parents did not seem to understand that that was highly legal and not allowed. Yeah. I swear to God, I'm going to circle back to Brady Singer, so don't let me forget. But we've moved on from that for a minute. But, yeah, you said you blew your whistle? Yeah. Good. That is an improvement from the high school kids – refereeing oh soccer dear. at the rec right now. Oh dear. And this is my favorite thing, and I tell and I tell them this too. Because, you know, I've been out I've was A D and done all that. Our soccer players will they ain't scared to tell an official that he missed something or whatever. Oh yeah. And they Big get time. all Big big-y. time. But then we get out there to referee youth league soccer and we just and we blow our I mean like you can't even hear it. And that's what I tell them like, dude, y'all are all if somebody did that and to you in a game, oh, you'd lose your mind. But then you come out here and it's just like, oh, yeah, no big deal. You know, they has got that stopwatch going, you know. Just yeah. Ready, it's ready like to make wrap a call. it up and get a cheeseburger. And that's what I tell them. If you just make the call and make it look like you know that you got it right, then everybody will shut up. Mm-hmm. But when you baby it and, like, barely blow the whistle and just kind of – it, like, that's don't, what, that's don't what show that tick. you're timid out there. Exactly. Just, Just own make it. the call. Either way, yeah. If you own it, nobody's going to say a word. Act like you belong but they there don't. kind of My thing. wife doesn't know anything about sports, and she gets so pissed at them. Ticked. Sorry. Ticked. Ooh. <laughs> Take that time. Because it's like, hey, man, just blow the whistle and make a call. No, I was kidding. You can leave it. Who cares? <laughs> leave it Who in. Cares? Who cares? Anyway, Brady Singer. <laughs> so Brady Singer, you know, a few years ago got really mad at a regional or super regional yeah, at Florida. Regional, yeah. He got mad at the rain because yeah. it was raining, and yeah. they called a rain delay, and yeah. he was punching yeah. the rain and yeah. mad. Well, he did that same thing to Angel Hernandez last night. And I don't know what the situation was, but I'm all for it. I mean, I'm not a Brady Singer fan because he's a Gator, so whatever, man. One you know, of my, one of my best friends who's a huge Florida State fan, like, makes fun of that all the time, like that Brady, Brady Singer, Singer moment. He I'm was a, yelling at the rain like it was but <laughs> it's somebody's and, fault. And Oh, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's not his fault either. So, I mean, I think actually – It was that, pouring. In that situation, I think we were up against it. It was it was an elimination game for us because I think we had lost one of the games earlier. So, we were trying to climb our way back through. And he knew that he, he had warmed up, he was ready to go, and the game gets called. He's not going to come back out there. 
So I think that was the whole big reason why he was so well, upset. Maybe. And that was his year that he was going to the draft anyway. So he knew that he didn't want his season to end on that afternoon because of rain or anything like that. Of course, the game needed to be called or postponed at least. But yeah. I can understand the emotion of everything happening. It's just like, dude, why are you getting upset with him? Like, yeah. <laughs> I would be upset too. Well, I'm, the I'm ball you, just literally like, got taken out of your hands. Sully and shouldn't you have put him out there. Sully shouldn't have put him out there with threatening skies. <laughs> that would be every single game. <laughs> they don't call it Rainsville for nothing, That's baby. That's a good point. Too but, true. yeah, so going going with uh, our Florida baseball talk, took two or three from the Vandy boys, as they yeah. affectionately call themselves. And they're really good. They're probably going to win the national title. Yeah, well, I don't know. They've lost three in a row. Well, three in a row. They lost. That's the first time anyone had lost, or that's the first time Vanderbilt had ever lost back-to-back games because they won game one against us. We came back and won game two and three, and actually we're recording on a Thursday. So this oh, they past lost Tuesday they lost to Louisville. Well, that on midweek you don't really count. Yeah. I mean, they don't count in the polls, I should say. Like, midweek is what it is, but you're usually throwing your younger guys and things like you that. Now, I mean, of course Louis- it counts. Uh, it counts. Don't get me wrong. Louisville yeah. counted it, I can tell you that much. Yeah, Leiter's been a little um, hittable here lately. Jeff yeah, Leiter. Tennessee a couple weeks yeah, ago. Yeah, and then Mississippi uh, got, State got, got a few a bombs bit. off of yeah. him. I mean, Kumar Rocker didn't pitch very well either versus us. I yeah. think that was the one thing. I think you, you blink, and after six outs into the ball game, they're up 7-0. Yeah. And so, so that was a really bad start really for well. Alimon. So he stayed in there, kind of battled back. Now, Florida did kind of work their way back into it. There was a couple innings where they left the bases loaded or a couple guys in scoring position where they didn't capitalize as much as they could. And it ends up being an 11-7 loss. But I think the one thing that was positive about that game was they did have to get into their bullpen a little bit earlier than Vanderbilt probably hoped to with the score being the way it was. But Florida pushed the issue. They had to go into their bullpen and dip into some guys. You go to game two, Tommy Mace comes out there, and, I mean, there is like a contract obligation that Florida has to give up a run that next inning. It makes <laughs> There's there, no, there's, shutdown, there's innings. no shutdown innings anywhere around. So I think the first four innings, top and bottom half, there was not a zero put up by either team. But Tommy goes eight full innings. After the fourth inning, he really starts settling down, throws some zeros up there, went 118 pitches, which is not Ooh. normally Sully's thing to do. No. But he saved oh, the bullpen. Oh, they might throw him in, in pitcher jail now, Sully. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Let somebody throw over 100 pitches. But they, You're abusing them, they Sully. Saved, they saved the bullpen, and that helped out a lot on Sunday. Good start by Hunter Barco, but you had Christian Scott. You had Jack Leftwich still being able to go. So I think that yeah. was really good to save the bullpen for that Sunday game and a much low, lower scoring game that they won 5-3. to three. So this ball club is hot. I think they've won 11 of their last 13 overall. Um, they've won like 19 of their last 21 at home as well. Now they're going on the road. Tonight, actually, it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. They have Mother's Day off for Sunday, I guess. Cool. Uh, but they are starting on the road tonight at Kentucky, oh. which Kentucky is kind of yeah, floundering okay, back and forth. Yeah. They're, they're pretty good. They're, they hit the ball really well. You can count on Kentucky to hit the ball really well more times than not, I think. And that's a really good hitting ball club. So we'll have to see how we are. Now, 5-7 and seven on the road. That's Florida's record right mm-hmm. now. So they, they are kind of turning around a little bit ever since that loss versus Auburn. That was a little bit upsetting. But, I mean, that was a doubleheader seven-inning game. I think you give them nine innings, that might be a little bit different of a ball game because it took them a while to get settled in. So Florida right now, actually, with everything being said, they're one game out from the SEC East champion. Yeah, man. 14-7 they, they and 14-7 for Tennessee and Vanderbilt above us and 13-8 and eight for us. So – Three more weekend series to close out the SEC season, and we'll see where we stand. Now, we do have a road trip at Arkansas to Oof. wrap everything up, but I believe it's Tennessee also has to go on the road to Arkansas. So, really just Tennessee owns a tiebreaker over us, but we own a tiebreaker over Vanderbilt. So, 
a lot of shuffling is still to be decided with all that being said and for the longest time it looked like okay we're maybe maybe going to host a regional you got to get in that top 16 to host a regional all of a sudden after this weekend you're top 10 yeah. you're number 10 so you're right on the cusp of potentially being a super regional now from what i understand it's this weekend may 10th that They're they announced, announced the on the regional side so yeah. it doesn't give us any help and it doesn't give us that arkansas weekend to potentially make or break now that might work in our favor if, if arkansas sweeps us or takes two or three yeah but you're right there on the edge where you have a good weekend no, versus host. a yeah. versus a kentucky team and maybe one of these teams right above you well, that drops already, two or that, three that, that then, then you might yeah, then you might happen last week for them I you think. might get a chance to host a super so yeah. you're definitely hosting a regional nonetheless but you're right there on the edge of hosting a potential super regional and that would be great for this ball club so no, I take care so. of business versus Kentucky and hope a couple teams in front of you lose and you might host a Super Bowl. Well, the, uh, the projections, the latest projections I saw on D1 Baseball have Florida State traveling to Florida, of course, for a regional, so that would suck. I hate when they do that. I hate when they match us up in either regionals or Supers. If we're going to play, we need to play in Omaha. We play each other during we the gotta, year. we got to get there. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's absolutely true. I just hate it. It's stupid. But, but hey, you know, if you don't like it, host your own. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Touche. <laughs> Touche. But yeah, man, so I guess moving on to the draft, um, what do you think? What would you what would you give the Jags? What grade? I think you have the number one pick. You go Trevor Lawrence. A course. plus. So yeah, A plus to start it off. Um and I, I don't think you can drop it too far just knowing Trevor Lawrence, it's almost like it was, it's almost lost of how good he is and how good the pick was because it was such a foregone conclusion that that's what the pick was going to be that it's almost just overlooked. Yeah. So you can't have a, a draft class that involves a generational talent, which I think that word is way overused. Sure. But nonetheless, you can't say it because Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, all these guys that are paid a lot of money to draft these guys or evaluate these guys, say, hey, this is the top two or three quarterback I've ever evaluated right. over my lifespan. So I do. I would say a B, B-plus maybe for the overall draft. I do, I, I don't know, we, we both text each other for the Travis Etienne pick, mm -hmm. and we weren't totally crazy about that. I just kind of maybe took a step back, slept on it, and was like, you know, it, it's a totally different ball game how Etienne runs the ball compared to how James Robinson runs the yes. ball. Yes. I do think there was just a lot of talent still left on the board at that point in time. And when we're talking about a roster like Jacksonville and how many holes it does have, that's still where my beef lies with the pick. It's nothing against ETN. I think he'll fit in really well with how we want to do stuff and how Herbert Meyer wants to run his offense. Of course, he has that familiarity with Trevor Lawrence, so that, that can't hurt anything at all. But I, I, I still don't absolutely love that pick at 25. I yeah. think the other picks, it was almost like, hey, as long as these guys paying out, we're getting a steal. Well, yeah. And so a buddy of mine that's also a Jags fan had sent me something that was like a uh, right after the 2020 draft. You know, they always do the way too early yeah. mock drafts for they're, the they're next year. 2020, or 2022 is already out. Yeah. So this was in 2020 that they did the way too early mock for the next year. And five of the guys that went in his mock first round, the Jaguars got. <laughs> really? Trevor Lawrence. Now, well, there's a caveat. Okay. So you had Trevor Lawrence. Oh, I know where one of these guys are. Yep. ETN. Yep. You had Walker Little, who mm -hmm. the Jaguars got in the second round. Yep. You had Dylan Moses, who yep. went undrafted. Undrafted, yep. And Andre Sisco, who the Jaguars got in like the third. Third round, yep. 
But that draft, that way too early mock draft, also had Marvin Wilson and Tamari and Terry in the first round, and yeah. we all know that yeah, that didn't guys. work out yeah. for them, So, yeah. which we'll talk about in a second. But anyway, yeah, I would, I would agree with you. I would give the Jaguars draft a B. The only thing I would have loved to have seen us get was a pass-catching tight end somewhere, and we didn't. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we got a tight end, but more of a blocking tight end. And so you don't know who's going to play tight end for the Jaguars. And Ted Tebow. That, yeah, there you go. Okay. It's like y'all have to say it. It's like Florida fans, you know what I mean? I, I can't stand oh, my, it. My, I uh, cannot stand it. My favorite I, basketball team needs a shooting guard. Call Tebow. Yeah. He's available. Yeah. Give him a shot. Yeah, I read an article where they're talking about um, I think Urban Meyer bought like a house in the same neighborhood as Tim Tebow, and it was Tim Tebow playing dodgeball, but he yeah. was like reared back to make a throw. And I'm just like, there's no way that throw was on target. <laughs> like, whoever he was aiming for did not get hit by that. I wonder if ball. he did a jump throw. Yeah. <laughs> Take Casey somewhere back oh there. Don't gosh. catch it in dodgeball because you're Casey. out. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but anyway, no, I mean, I like the Jags draft. Um, you know, we'll see how it all pans out, man. You know, everybody, when you, when you have the draft, everybody's going to be great. Everybody's going to be a Hall of Famer. It never works out that way. I am excited. I mean, I think Chicago did the right thing going to get Justin Definitely. Fields. I think that'll be interesting. And – Kyle Shanahan put his job on the line because either Trey Lance is going to be great or Trey Lance is going to get you fired. So yeah. you tying yourself Very to bold, that pick, man. So I like that pick a lot more than a potential Mac Jones pick. I yeah. mean, I know Kyle Shanahan's had success with kind of more what you would call retro quarterbacks now because sure. they can't move, a.k.a. Matt Ryan, whenever he was there in Atlanta. But whichever quarterback went to that – 49er system was set up for the most success possible. Yeah. That defense, the talent around him on the offense is going to be incredible. So whether it be Mac Jones, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, any of the guys that really were potentially in the running for that pick, I think they're most set up for success because what's going to be asked out of them and the talent that's around them is is unlike any other quarterback. That's yeah. that's what's drafted this this year. Two things I found pretty interesting that I'm not sure if you saw. I know your disdain for Florida is very deep, and it uh -huh. makes, your, makes your blood boil. Did you see where Urban Meyer said that he wanted Kadarius Tony to fall to number 25? Yes, and I that saw was the that. one that got yes. away. Yes. So I wanted to bring that up to you. And then also, after they made the first overall pick for Trevor Lawrence, Urban apparently looked at Trent Baalke, who was our general manager, and said, how do we trade back up in the first round to get Kyle Pitts? Oh, God. And the exact quote from Urban said, Trent looked at me like I had five heads. Yeah, no doubt. Just sacrifice the rest of your draft. Just give up the you rest of your draft. You get two players, Trevor Lawrence and Kyle Pitts, A-plus draft. No, man, we need, <laughs> no, we we have need way, a little more. We have way too many holes, We though, need a but, little more. But I found that pretty interesting that, yeah. you know, he wanted – I mean, of course, anybody. Like, like the report was like, Jerry Jones loves Kyle Pitts. It's like, yeah, okay. So does everyone I'm else. sure the Kansas City Chiefs love Kyle Pitts, but he's not falling to 31. Yeah. So, I mean, what's the point in saying that you love this guy, you're enamored by him? You're, you're drafting, what, 10 or 12, whatever their pick was? He's not falling that far. Yeah. But I found it interesting that Urban was like, hey, what do we got to do to get back into the Kyle, Kyle Pitts sweepstakes? Good God, Urban. Yeah. That doesn't really that's, elicit that's the that college, that's elicit the college coaching from that, is, that is the college coaching him where it's like, okay, I got Joey Bosa. Now can I go get the other five-star that's right behind him? Good God. That's just that's just not understanding. Yeah, I'm with you. Not, not understanding like, hey, man, you can't just get all these kids oh, to come here because gosh. they want to. So I saw this just a second ago while we were talking, man, and it's kind of sad. Um, the Angels are going to release Albert Pujols. Yeah, man, yeah. Pujols was a stud. Still is. I mean, I wouldn't try him. But, man, that's uh, – what. Man, he's been – Pujols has been at it for a while. What was that, a 10-year, $252 million deal? Yeah, and this that is the last year of it. And I mean, that, yeah, that was the last he has year. A, I wouldn't say he's That was one of the kind of like the first one of those mm -hmm. type of deals. 
There, there weren't very many. A Rod was number one. Yeah, that's true. That's and then, true. Yeah, but Pujols was huge. I yeah. mean, this was, and he was. It was not very common back then. He was in St. Louis. That dude was the truth. Yeah, he was. He was the problem. Yeah. Well, hey, good on you, Albert. Good run. But in total, eight Gators were drafted. Four for your Seminoles. Well, yeah, a couple guys slipped to undrafted. And see, man, I hope people take note of this. Or players. So if you said last year that Janaris Robinson and Josh Kando get drafted, and Marvin Wilson and Tamori and Terry don't, you 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 would look at them and say you don't know football. You You don't know football. Yeah, but Tamori and Terry. Gets in an altercation on the sidelines with his receivers coach, a little shouting match. Mm-hmm. He can't keep his mouth shut on Twitter. Or his mom's, yeah. Or his mom yeah, can't keep quiet. And yeah. you don't get drafted. Marvin Wilson calls out his coach on Twitter, right, wrong, or indifferent. Now, that one, that one surprised me. But still, I mean, it had to be medical, too. I mean, I, I think know, there's I mean, some kind of red flag that was And he got a good up. deal for an undrafted guy, but my Lord, for man. Sure. I don't know, man. That just goes to show you stay off the Twitter. I think that's in that movie Draft Day uh, with Kevin yeah, Costner, yeah. which is totally unrealistic. It's but very unrealistic. Where he, where he tells the angry. guy, he said, don't Twitter. Don't just Twitter. for the yeah, love yeah, of God, Twitter. just don't put Twitter. it down. And that's true, man. Just don't. You know, you just get yourself in trouble. But anyways, it is what it is. Yeah, I just uh, I found it interesting that a lot of the picks that I thought Florida players were going to end up going to, they ended up actually going there. You know, yeah. Kyle Pitts ended up being the first non-quarterback off the board at number four for the Atlanta Falcons. Found that pretty interesting. The other guy that I've, I thought was going to end up where he actually ended up at was Kyle Trask going to the Buccaneers. Yeah. I figured in one way or another he was going to end up in that division in one way or another, whether it be the Saints or potentially the Buccaneers, but here he is going to the Buccaneers. And I just feel bad for him that he has to sit behind Tom Brady for the next decade while Brady still plays in his prime. But he's going to get a lot of rings out of it, nonetheless. Yeah, no doubt, for sure. And I, the guy that went undrafted for me for on the Florida end, we even brought him up a little Trey bit. Trey Grimes. Grimes. That was unbelievable. And what do you got to do to get drafted? I, I understand. I just cannot believe it. I mean, you look at some of the guys, and this is just Florida-related. You had Sean Davis get drafted. Our yeah. safety in the fifth round by the Colts. I mean, what part of our back end of our secondary showed, yeah, I'm draft oh, I worthy. I mean, Marco, the best shoe thrower in the nation, goes in the forefront yeah. of the Arizona Cardinals. At least it's he like had an incredible weird. pro it's day weird. that backs up, hey, I'm more than just a knucklehead that made this one play. I mean, his metrics, his pro day were insane. So I understand that. Sean Davis going in the fifth round to the Colts made no sense at all. It's just weird what scouts and GMs or whatever, like what's okay versus what's apparently – a non-starter, mm-hmm. and we're taking you off mm-hmm. the board. You just yeah. It's just like you never know. Evan McPherson, kicker, fifth round, Cincinnati Bengals. And off, Marvin Wilson didn't get drafted. I mean, I mean honestly, crazy. I'm looking at the way – the only reason why I'm watching it last day – I mean, take a day, flyer in the seventh round. And that, that's more than anything what I was looking at. I was like, okay, who is not going to get selected these last couple rounds because that's where my mindset starts, starts going with, okay, undrafted free agents. This is where we go. Oh, we're lucky. Dylan Moses Dylan could Moses. be a starting linebacker for us for 10 years. Yeah. If he recovers, I mean, because some of that game film that he had those first two yeah. years before he had that knee injury is off the chart. Oh, you yeah. You just thought he was going to be the next you're first the round linebacker, linebacker from Alabama. For, for Alabama. As a sophomore. Yeah. I mean, you're working into the rotation as a true freshman. So that shows the kind of talent he had. I understand that he had another knee procedure this offseason to help maybe clean some stuff up. So maybe that helps out. But, but the same like you thing, said, in the long run, it's not that much of an investment in him. Right. So it, it's no harm, no shame. Is the same thing happened to Miles Jack. He was going to be a top five pick and got hurt. Yeah. And dropped the Jaguars in the second round. He's been and our he's starting been linebacker he's for been what, great. six years? Yeah. It's crazy. You know, and just one thing about the undrafted free agents, I really thought Trey Grimes, whenever he wasn't being selected that sixth and seventh round, I was just, I mean, I love Gators and I wanted them to be drafted. But just selfishly speaking, I was like, I don't want him to get drafted because 
where did he start off his college at? Ohio, Ohio State. State. Yeah. When Urban Meyer was there. So I'm yeah. like, this is such a layup where if he ends up staying undrafted somehow, he's going to end up coming to the Jaguars because mm-hmm. of Urban Meyer. But I'm not sure how much of an influence it had, but Brian Johnson, our former quarterback coach mm-hmm. for UF, is now actually the quarterback coach for the Philadelphia Eagles. And that is, that is where ultimately where he ended up at. So I wonder how great their relationship is and how much of an influence that had. But I'm just sitting here like, oh, my gosh, this is the sixth round of Marvin Wilson. More more Marvin Wilson than even Trey oh, Grimes. Yeah. Yeah. But Marvin Wilson and crazy. Trey Grimes are still available. This is nuts. Well, I mean, he's a five-star guy coming out of high school. He's <coughs> number two overall recruit. He has two really productive years early. Mm-hmm. And then last year, I mean, yeah, he had an awful year. Awful. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, to to go from – if he to come out after 2020, he'd have gone in the top three rounds. Oh, big time. For sure. Big time. And Multiple so, man, millions of dollars like, coming his way. I mean, are you that – I don't know, man. It's and just, just crazy. As a Jaguar fan, you look at the positions. Marvin Wilson, defensive line, yeah. guy up the middle. Trey Grimes, big body wide receiver that can create that little bit of separation mm-hmm. at, at, the, at the point of the catch. That's exactly two things that Jaguars needed, mm-hmm. I thought. We didn't really need a, a, to spend a high-value pick in a wide receiver, but getting no. big guys that can make the point of point of catch, which is basically all Trevor Lawrence had at Clemson, I felt Trey Grimes was right. in that mold of, of what he had at Clemson. So I, I was looking at like, hey, this would be a good value later in the round that I think he could he could make the roster. Sure. And undrafted. I would have liked to have seen Trayvon Morig over Tyson Campbell to yeah. start round two. But yeah. I know I understand Campbell's more of like a high upside pick. Yeah. But, you know, I also like guys that make plays in exactly. college. You know what exactly. I'm saying? I just – I don't ever feel like guys who don't make plays in college just all of a sudden magically make plays in the NFL. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's kind of what they're counting on with Tyson Campbell. Yeah. But I am excited about the Walker Little pick. I think he's got a chance to be really, really yeah. good. So I, I think the the Tyson Campbell pick, I, I didn't necessarily love it because I'm with you. Trayvon Morg, I thought that was more of what we were looking for. But the Andre Sisco pick the next round, yeah. I think – help nullify a little bit because you want to talk about a ball hawk and making plays in college yeah my gosh this kid what 13 interceptions during his career at at syracuse so i think you're getting really good potential value between walker little andre cisco and i am not going to attempt to say this guy's last name but the to feely do you want to say it there you go you're braver than me yep the usc defensive time uh defensive tackle another opt-out that we decided to go with this year so and everyone says Mel Kiper, will be fresh. They were like, "Hey, yeah, they'll definitely be fresh." But they're like, "Hey, if, if Cisco played, if Walker Little wasn't hel- uh, was healthy and played, and if this Jay, whatever his last name is from USC, if they all play, they're they're gone. Yeah, second day probably, third yeah. day, you know, early third round at the latest. Sure. And so we're getting good value, I think, as long as our evaluation process is, is, right. is, is on sure. point. But uh, I think you went uh, high upside. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And, so, I, and I think, you know, those rounds, that's that's where you find potential starters. Well, and you have to. And you have and to. You if you're going to win a Super Bowl, you have to have guys – you have to hit on some of those high upside guys who, who pan out. Mm-hmm. You can't just have the high floor guys who you know what you're going to get, like, but they're never going to be a superstar. you got to look at Seattle's defense way back when. you got to have some guys turn yeah. out to be Cam Chancellor yeah. and Richard Sherman and yeah. things like that, you know. So, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. And I, I think Andre Sisco and the defense tackle from USC, I, I do see them being worked in in one way or another on the defense right away. But Walker Little, oh, yeah. you want a special because Taven Bryan's terrible. Yeah, that's for sure. You, <laughs> you want a good starting five. And for the way it looks right now, Jacksonville's bringing back their whole starting five on the offensive right. line. So Walker Little can have a chance to continue to rehab that knee injury if mm-hmm. need be and just work his way slowly into And maybe it. go steal a job. Who knows? Yeah, because Jawan Taylor, there's no reason yeah. why he shouldn't be a little bit nervous. I mean, even Cam Robinson. You sure. know, I, I, I don't 
a lot of people got on to the Jaguars for putting him under the franchise tag, but it's like I'd rather have continuity along that offensive line and really where are we going to go and get an yeah, upgrade? exactly. I mean, Andre Villanueva recently just fine with um, Baltimore. What, the, the Baltimore, yeah. So, I mean, outside of that, there was really no tackles available. So, I'm okay with keeping the same five and just starting building depth outside of that, but I thought we did a pretty good draft. I did too. I was excited. Did you get your wife a good Mother's Day present, even though she's not a mother yet? No. Did you get Candy a good Mother's no, Day yes, present? Yes, I have, I have. She listens, so I can't go into more detail than that. But well, if she yes. listens, tell her, hey, Candy, next time George calls, I'm sending him to you. Oh, George called Riverbrook the other day. This yeah. is We're super inside right now. No one knows who George is. Oh, on, yes, on they the do. Podcast. Frank Allen is but, laughing. But, yes, George Waldron <laughs> uh, has his own – Playbook. Coach George. Coach, Coach George. Yeah, Coach, Coach George. But he called Riverwood the other day looking for Barbara Tucker. He called me yesterday and I did not answer. The name Walden popped up on my office phone and I said, George, I'm texting Miss Candy telling her to call you back. Yeah, I, I cover for Miss Tucker very well. I actually just told him a lie. I said, she's retired. She doesn't work here anymore. She doesn't work in the school district. George is going to kick your tail. But we're too far gone now. These last couple minutes have just been really inside for, for Hunter and I and just a couple other people. Next time we're transferring George to Jeff Lee. There you go. And on that note, go dogs. Go dogs.